Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. Well, welcome, everybody, back to the... The Mole Hole, the Gamekeeper Studios here in the heart of the Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio building. Man, this is a this is a deeply named place. Yeah, it really, I kind of miss the days of when you called it the Bowels. Yeah, yeah. I caught a lot of grief from that. People yeah. didn't like that. Okay, the guts. they asked no me more. to explain it. The guts, you know, and I, the, the explanation was that meant we were deep up in the I, building. I do think. I mean, the studio is a great description of this uh, building. I mean, because when you walk in, there's just Stuff going on everywhere. Does everybody know the mole acronym? Uh, probably We not. call it the mole hole, and mm-hmm. people probably think we're crazy. It yeah. stands for Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Services. Yeah, moles. moles. There we go. Yeah. So we got a we got a really interesting show. Uh, so sitting across from me is Lanny Wallace, and we've got uh, Jason Cleveland over there producing. He's got a Casio recorder and some gym clips and rubber bands holding our little equipment there together. And then uh, Dudley Phelps over here to my left is drinking some non no longer coffee. no longer seepless and starvable. Yeah, good for mm-hmm. Dudley and uh, and I'm Bobby Cole here trying to keep this thing moving along and hopefully we don't put everybody to sleep. But today's show, it, we're going to talk about. We've all heard stories, legends, and uh, of people seeing long-tailed cats in the deep south. Painter cats, and we're, we're going to have some cat talk. We're going to talk about those. I mean, everybody has heard has heard has know somebody that has seen one. I know somebody. And well, we, we're actually going to get that person on the phone today. Yeah. But you just think about it. Uh, you know, your uncles, your, everybody has heard some story at a hunting club about a guy who swears he saw even black panthers. At the earliest age of going in the woods, there was always stories around the hunting camp around big cats. You know, whether they were heard one screaming in the woods or there's always been a, 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 a somewhat of a lore to them. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know. We're going to hear from some people today that, including myself. Well, you saw, that, you, that you claim to have seen one. Claim. And no, pretty, no, I did. You're pretty credible. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to need to I don't to know how credible out. I am, but I do know what I saw. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're, I mean, you're, you're a pretty good woodsman, though. Well, so, I appreciate so, that, Dudley. That actually I mean, you that, feels that, my... That, that, that doesn't have anything to do, do with... You did misid a teal a couple weeks back, but you actually know the difference. You just yeah, said the I wrong I just got word. in a hurry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would like to think that I know what most things in Mississippi and Alabama look like when they walk through the Yeah, woods. you do. I've had a lot of... spent a lot of time. So I'm very confident 
and what I saw, it, you know, what we'll hear from today is I think y'all are going to isolate me and, and talk. And this is on the record. I have not talked to this guy about this experience in at least a decade. Mm, he confirmed that with me yesterday. He so. used to work here. You know, we spent a lot of time together. It was on a nah, uh, work. I don't know if you'd say he worked here. Yeah. He hung out here. A yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. You know how it is. You, you've hung out here many years. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, but, you know, when you think about this thing now, if you look at a map, when you drive across Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, any of these states, you'll see creeks that will be called Panther Calling mm. Creek. Panther Calling Wildlife Management mm-hmm. Area, uh, Panther, Panther Creek, Swamp. Painter Creek, mm-hmm. which is another acronym, or a, not, not an acronym, There's but a, another way of saying Panther. Yeah, Panther, Panther Burn is another one. I mean, it's so the legend is has been here a long time. Oh yeah. If I mean that means they were here at some point in time. I mean, all if you just think about it, a cat doesn't know where the state line is. They were know? they're nomadic, aren't they? I mean, if have y'all read the Flaming Turkey? That's you know, that was in the uh, maybe even in the early 60s when, when he saw that. Hmm. That's Toxie's cousin. Bob uh-huh. Bob Neal wrote that book. Gotcha. I have so to check he out. claims he saw one right, you know, right near the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Hawley said he saw one on the Mississippi River. I, I, I mean, didn't he? Or am I dreaming that? I don't want to put words in Chris Hawley's well, mouth. Just, I don't want to put him in. And that's the good thing about, I think, what we're going to hear from, because I, in my mind, you know, know. What happened? I'm interested to see what CJ, you yeah. know, how he recounts the story too. But to your point, I know a lot of people, including my wife, and I'm really going to sound crazy mm-hmm. here because the two of the confirmed yeah. long tail cat sightings. Have you seen a Bigfoot? No. Oh, that's I good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a very good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in all my years of hunting, I've never seen something that I thought was a long tail cat. And it kind of disappoints me because I would love to. Yeah. I'd like to believe that they're out there. Well, I have. there's no doubt in my mind what I saw. And I've got a very vivid imagination. And I, look, I wasn't in North Mississippi. I was in, you know, I guess, would that be central southern Alabama? Southwest Alabama. Southwest Alabama on the Alabama River. So, um, you know. That be what it is, but I was in Alabama. Mm. Well, that's a large area of lots of woods, lots very of, lots rural. of creek bottoms and river, big bottoms. expanses of, mm-hmm. of you know large tracks. Yeah, yeah. So now you know the videos you see on Facebook of the the black cat walking across the Natchez Trace. You know, mm-hmm. and pretty. You know, oh yeah. This is not, and and I, the, what I saw was not a mountain lion. This was not a cougar. This thing wasn't as big as a cougar. I'm I'm gonna say it was seventy five pounds to ninety pounds. That's pretty big. That's a big cat. I, look, it was not a house cat. Eh, maybe let me back up. Seventy five pounds. <laughs> Let's just go with seventy five pounds. Mm. Mm. Well, so that's what today's show is going to be about. We've got C.J. Davis will be a call in guest in a few minutes, and then we've got Rob Moore, who actually, you know, he's from this part of the state, and he had a Really, really close encounter with one. Mm-hmm. So we need to. Uh, we're going to get him on the here in the studio. Here, uh, he's in the green room. Kind Got of, him. I isolated. guess he, he's rehearsing his story. I guess is what he's doing. <laughs> so, so we'll get him in a, a little while. But um, first off, before we put everybody uh, scare everybody off or put them to sleep, uh, the sponsor this week is Stormy Cromer. And, uh, you know, you guys have admired my Stormy Cromer I mean, hats yeah, for years. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just – you may look like Elmer Fudd, but I'm telling you, they are the warmest hats you can wear. <laughs> and when you're getting a little older and your hair gets a little thin on top of your head, they are fine. Mm. Well, well, you you know, you talked me into getting one one time. Uh, I think we're at – 
Cabela's or something, and I got one. I fell in love with it. I wore it all the time. Then my dog ate it. Oh, man. So, yeah, the dog ate my home. I got to get a new one. Well, they're fantastic, and you can. There is a, a, a Stormy Cromer Gamekeeper hat. Uh, it's in Bottomland, and it's uh, at Stormy Cromer, and that's with a K K R O M E R dot com. They're great hats, and those are really neat people up there. Two classics: Bottomland and Stormy Cromer. Yeah, they are. They, they sure are. So um, before we get into the cats, um, I, I think I love talking about big deer we've heard uh, that have been killed this past week. And so has anybody else heard of any blood on any biologic? Uh, I've just seen the team jury just lighting it up out there. They are. I mean, good big, grief. Big deer, too. Big yeah. deer in the Midwest. Yep. And then uh, Zach Randall, that guy that uh, makes the edge boats. Oh, yeah. yeah Boat he, daddy. He killed a really nice one. Did he? Yeah. Go, Zach. And just locally right here, uh, Nick Domino, I saw he was telling me he killed a doe the other day. So he was fired up. Oh, yeah. That. that got me fired up. Meat in the freezer. Yeah. Mm. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. All right. Well, um, why don't we, uh, Cleveland, why don't we, uh, let's pay some bills. And if you could get CJ on the phone and we'll get the first one knocked out. The Gamekeeper magazine is our life outdoors on paper. We love Gamekeepers magazine. It's full of great information. Full of ideas on how to make the habitat better from plots to trees to whitetails and waterfowl it's total farm management there's so much information in gamekeepers especially when it comes to managing your property you can't go wrong if you want to improve your habitat for wildlife pick up our gamekeepers magazine gamekeepers the journal of wildlife stewardship one ringy dingy Hello? Hey, man. CJ. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. I got Lanny sitting here, Jason, and and, uh, and Dudley, and we're, uh, if you don't mind, we're going to put you on the hot seat. Well, I am happy to be on the hot seat for what you're going to ask me about was a long time ago. (laughs) That's why I'm so excited, CJ, because, you know, I guess my stories tend to get better the older I get, and I... I, I think, I don't know. Look, I've told them that you and I hadn't talked about this in at least a decade. Would you? At th- least. At least a decade. I can't even remember what year it is. So I'm I'm excited. They're going to isolate me and then they're going to get your story and then we're going to hear my story and we're going to see how they stack up against each other. <laughs> <laughs> Best story wins. So, yeah. Well, not necessarily. We just want the truth. <laughs> So, CJ, I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions before Landon leaves the room. Was okay. Was there drinking involved? <laughs> there was not. Okay. All right. I think, we got, yeah, that, we yeah. got that out of the way. And then secondly, do you swear to tell the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Never. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, this is set, setting up just right. Okay. All right. So we're going to ask Lanny to leave the room. And he's going to go into the green room and go check on Rob because the front door may be keeping him out, but I don't know. But uh, so we got uh, CJ, if you would, I'd just like for you to kind of recap what happened with your story. And, uh, you know, there we go. There goes Lanny. All right. So he's more now that he's gone. We can really get to the heart of this. We're wanting to validate this. You know how his stories are. 
And see, I, I felt like you would tell us the truth. So that's that's. Here we go. I'm we, glad I have that kind of reputation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, as best I recall, Lanny and I were down at Portland Landing, and we were working our tails off guiding hunters that were either licensees, guests, or outdoor media. And we had a rare moment of downtime. And we were driving through the road. Man, Bobby, you might would remember what the road names are, but I just can't. It's a public dirt road that went through Portland Landing. And we had pulled out of the uh, the Portland Lodge, took a right out of the driveway, and then we took another right. And you're going down through there, and there was a big, a big field, big food plot off to the left. You couldn't see it from the road, but it wasn't it wasn't very far off the road. Do you recall the one I'm talking about? I do, but I can't recall the name of it either. I think it was maybe like Big Bottom, Black Bottom, or something. I can't I think remember it was for Black, sure. But... Black Bottom sounds right. Black, All right. Black... Well, you and I both are doing better than I thought we would. Okay. So good. This is like a walk down. So Lanny and I are... <laughs> Lanny and I are going down that road in, in, in the truck. And we were somewhere close to that, you know, either slightly after or, or, or right there where that, that big field we're talking about kind of kind of parallels the road. And I don't know, maybe 75 to 200 yards up that road because it was a straight stretch. Something crosses the road. And I remember my first thought was a black pig because, you know, there were a pile of pigs on that, that piece of property, probably still are. It came out of the left side, going across the road, and it hit the middle of the road, and then it went in the bushes. And I distinctly remember thinking, pigs don't run like that. That was like a bound into the road and a bound out. And then as it disappears into the pines on the other side of the road, I remember thinking, that's weird. It has a long tail. And it was, to my mind, it was black with a long tail. You know, I couldn't even begin to guess size, but it wasn't like the size of a raccoon. I immediately thought average size pig. So we'd say that's 100 to 150 pounds. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. And then it disappeared into the pines over there. And I feel like he and I stopped and tried to find tracks, but couldn't. I don't remember ever isolating a track. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the cell phone I had back then didn't have a camera anyway. but. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much as best I recall, as Landon said, over a decade later. There was there was no drinking. It wasn't like dark. It was I can't remember if it was morning or afternoon, but I remember there was plenty of light. So and so that's really the only time I've ever seen something that I would consider, you know, a, a long tail cat in the wild anywhere. So y'all, it, it impacted you enough. Y'all stopped the truck, got out, looked. Y'all, y'all looked at each other, said, "Did you see that?" or something along those lines. And oh uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those where you go, you know, you turn and look at each other at the same time. Like, did you see what I thought I saw? Kind of, kind of deal. But it happened so fast. It wasn't like the thing stopped in the road and looked at us. It just like bounded the road. You know, I feel like it popped kind of in the middle and then cleared the road or to the ditch on the other side. Could it have been a coyote? I don't feel like it ran like a coyote. I don't, but it would have been a, had to have been a jet black coyote. That would have been a long tail, I guess. But I just didn't, that wasn't what I felt like it. You know, again, I'm remembering. I wouldn't put my last dollar down as a bet on this, but remembering what I remember, I can't, 
I can't come up with a better option other than some kind of long tail cat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, well, that's a, you know, that's kind of how Lanny has told the story. Y'all are pretty consistent. And I, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't think y'all have talked because uh, CJ, you're a pretty credible guy. Now, Lanny can't be trusted, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, my dealings with you, you were always pretty credible. So, uh, well, you know, Lanny and I hung out a good bit back in the day there, so he's got plenty of baggage on me that I could be incentivized to match his story. Let's just be honest. <laughs> well, let's bring Lanny back in here and see what. Uh... All right, here he comes. Big old tall goofy thing. We had to get some extra long speaker cords just to, for the the headphones to reach him. All right. So what did CJ see? He said yeah. you were crazy. Yeah. Ah, this is true. <laughs> he knows me well. That's for sure. <laughs> I told him I had to fight that cat off of you with just my pocket. Knife. He was. He was there. I told y'all he was there. I told you he was there. <laughs> so why don't you tell us your side of the story? Uh. Uh, CJ and I spent a lot of time at a, a place called Portland Landing. Uh, we were working in partnership. Uh, it was actually a big track of international paperland. So uh, we hunted uh, consumers and licensees there um, a lot. And I don't remember in particular what we were doing. There, there was a break, you know, in between work. Um, and we, uh, I can't remember. For some reason, I think I was driving CJ's truck. And I'm not sure, but I know we were in the truck together and it was just us. We turned out of the Portland Lodge to the right, uh, went past uh, Black Bottom, the Black Bottom field, Black Bottom North, uh, big hay field on the right. Uh, and then we turned into the Dawson track. I think it was called the Dawson track. You remember, is that what that was called? Mm-hmm. It was at the end of the um, road. Yeah, the there. Dawson track was the end of the road on the left. On the left. Yeah. Pulled in that gate and there was pines on both sides of the road there. Uh, and then it opened up into, uh, there's a pine plantation on the right and then a, a, a slough there. Um, and then the roadbed and then the pines on the left. And this thing, now this, this is, I mean, this wasn't dusk. This wasn't daylight. This was, I feel like it was um, middle of the day, early afternoon, maybe something maybe like that. Maybe a between the hunt. Yeah, Let's go move yeah, this or yeah, whatever. Move a stand kind of a thing. Uh, it came out dark, and I just remember the way it moved. Dark as in black? No, nah, I think it was, you would have, if you just looked and looked away, you would have thought it was black. But, you know, I think it was just a darker, could have been dark brown, you know, even a, uh, I'm not going to call it, you know, I don't know, just dark color. Yeah. Uh, and bound. Darker than a deer. Oh, this yeah, things dark and bound. You know, came out of the pounds bound. It was actually uh, it was actually overcups, uh, overcup acorns, uh, overcup oaks, and it came through there and then came across the road and bound into the pines. Never when it, stopped when it was in the road from the tip of its tail to its nose. How what does it stretch across the road? Fill up the road. This thing, I'm, it's, it wasn't like mountain lion big, you know. This is like uh, 75, I mean, again, what I was talking about, 75 poundish. That's you know. about the size of goose, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's about the size of goose. Yeah. Yeah, in my mind, it's about the size of a goose. Uh, but not that's, a goose. That's Lanny's dog. My dog's name's Goose. Name's goose. 
Yeah. And he's actually purple. He's a purple lab. <laughs> but anyway, so, and then it bound. Again, I talk about bounding because you know how pigs shuffle. Yeah, you know, that you know, is I, a key word. Yeah, the how things move in the woods. As a woodsman, as you're looking through the woods, you can tell by the way something moves what it is. You know, a squirrel squirrel moves like I do. You know, yeah. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but then CJ and I both did the look at each other, and I remember saying, "Did you see what I just saw?" And he said, "Hell no." That's what he said. And if I recount that correctly, he said, uh, and I said, "Man." Dude, that I think that was a long tail cat, and we drove up and stopped where it crossed the road and spent some time looking for tracks of any kind deer tracks, pig tracks, any kind of track, and could not find a track. Hmm. So, hmm. I don't know if that's anything like what you remember, at CJ. Uh, and man, I gotta tell you, Lanny, that was I don't remember the part about going past Black Bottom and going into the Dawson, but yeah. everything else you said was pretty much what I said. And I, it kind of takes me back to then. I'd really, I feel bad because I haven't stayed in touch with you. And you and I didn't talk about this at all. We no. haven't talked about it, like you said, in a decade, but it's like, I remember how much time we used to spend together. And I feel like I have a good friend by not staying in touch, but that was a heck of a, a story to remember it. And both of us just long after it pretty much say the dang same thing. I, look, there's no doubt in my mind what we saw that day, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, but I'm pretty, I'm a pretty confident person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Hey, CJ, have you, have you seen a Bigfoot? <laughs> Not yet. No, okay. But Lanny and I are going to go turkey hunting this spring, so talk to me after yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we bite sure. firewood. Now, I've seen a few aliens, but not many Bigfoots. <laughs> <laughs> well, CJ, we appreciate you being on the podcast here. You know, I don't know that I properly introduced you. You worked here years ago. CJ Davis has been a friend of, of Mossy Oak and Biologic and of a long time. But what do you do now? So technically, I'm the president of Montana Decoy now. We obviously make all kind of decoys. Are probably best known for Western decoys, elk and antelope and stuff like that. I'm still based in the South. I'm a Southern boy at heart, but that's what I do day in, day out now. Sure. Well, good. Well, that folks can. I've always heard good things about that. Now, do you guys have a long tail cat decoy? You know. Funny you should say that. We have built mountain lion decoys for people. We do custom decoys, and we have built probably three or four in the time that I've been doing this. Well, you need to build one, and when you and Lanny go turkey hunting, you should We can take pictures you, with you, it. Yeah, you, you <laughs> put it up somewhere and let Lanny see it. How about I build a Bigfoot one, and we hide it by Bobby's stand? Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. You're going to scare me. <laughs> well, so look, we appreciate it. And yeah, look, thanks, I hope you listen to this podcast when we get it. It'll air next week, uh, hopefully. And uh, Hey, can I ask him one thing? Yeah. Do you remember talking to Joe Champion about it? Yeah, but I can't remember what he said. You know, he used to give you and I grief all the time about anything. Oh, yeah. I, I remember I got him out in the parking lot, and I said, Joe, I said, he said, you saw a cat? I know what you saw. And I said, well, I mean, he said, you ain't heard him screaming in the woods yet? <laughs> 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 like, it didn't even phase him. Yeah. And then I do no. remember T-Roy coming in the next morning saying he shot at it, just messing with me. Well, you know, but I, <laughs> hey, uh, CJ, I tried to call KC Nelson. He's yeah. gone. He's just missing in action. I yeah. hope, hope nothing. happening. KC, if you can hear us out there, 
Holler at your boys. <laughs> I felt like he would have a long tail cat story. Oh, you know he does. You need to talk to him about that ostrich, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah that was a good That's story. A good one. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a good story. Casey, priceless. Yeah. And that giant six point he killed that time. That was a big old deer. <laughs> yeah, Casey, Casey could be a podcast in and of and himself. Yeah. That's right. The Casey. Man. Wow. Yeah. There's no doubt. All right, CJ. Well, thank you. We're thank gonna, you. We're going to let you get back to work. So somebody's getting something done today. <laughs> I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for your Thanks, time. CJ. Hey, CJ. All right, buddy. buddy. All right, well, that was good. So uh, y'all's story matched up pretty good there. It did. Yeah, and I really have always found Case, uh, CJ to be a very credible person. I, if he tells me something, I'm going to believe it. I think there's a lot more people out there that have seen something, but they don't want to face the ridicule. Right. They, they just kind of put it off, and then it goes away. Yeah. And you know I love taking a position and stand for it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> Well, I'm just disappointed that I've never seen one. Maybe you'll get lucky enough. Now that I'm wearing these glasses, maybe that'll help me off mm-hmm. at a distance. Maybe I've seen something at a distance and didn't know what I was looking at. No but I've telling. never – have y'all ever heard something screaming in the woods that made you think I just heard a panther scream? Well, you know, I've heard my story a bunch. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I don't watch scary movies. I don't watch anything about things in the dark yeah. getting after you because – I spend too much time in the woods at dark, so I, I would be lying if I was to say that, you know, even now when I'm walking out of the woods and it's pitch black and I start walking and I'm walking and then I start getting and I start walking faster and start walking faster. And then, you know, if you hear something behind you, you kind of speed up. But I, I I don't know. I couldn't say I've definitely heard one scream at me, but I've heard some stuff in the woods that I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And it was a scream for sure. Mm-hmm. We, go ahead, we have a resident red fox in our neighborhood that is very vocal. Um, uh, and I've actually seen her make the noise, so I've verified it. And it sounds like a woman screaming. We had a lady here, remember, that and, had that recording, and that's mm-hmm. what y'all said it was. I, I think <laughs> that a right lot right. of this, you know, people, I, I thought I heard a cat moaning. Of, you know, I think it's a red fox, red fox. a lot yeah. of the time. Mm. Well, the thing I saw running and bounding wasn't screaming. But yeah. yeah, I do know one thing. I would never sneak up in the woods, sneak up and like try to touch you like we were turkey hunting or something. Oh man, because I think you'd probably jump up and knock them. Now I'm a I, when it comes to fight or flight, I'm definitely a flight. Now you don't want to get in my way. You're gonna get some <laughs> knees because <laughs> I'm running <laughs> in uh, the woods. Uh, all right. Well, look, let's take a break. We got a guest uh, somewhere in the building in the our room, very own Rob Moore, and we're gonna swear him in and get his story and see where that goes. So y'all hang on. When I first bought this farm a short time ago, every single field was growing up with brush eight and 10 feet high. But it went from that to this. And even though I planted biologic with very little moisture in the ground, I was really amazed at the results. I just sat in this field with my wife as she shot her very first deer. We could not be happier. We made a memory that will last a lifetime. All because of the effectiveness of the best food plot seed on the market. Biologic is better seed, pure and simple. Log on to plantbiologic.com to learn more. Hey folks, it's Jeff Foxworthy. You know, when I was a kid, my dad bought back the farm that he had grown up on, and I absolutely loved that place. I knew every square inch of it. It truly was my favorite place on earth. And when you're looking to find a favorite place for you and your family, Mossy Oak Properties can help. 
Visit MossyOakProperties.com to begin your search today. All right, everybody, welcome back. We uh, in the studio sitting here with us now is a is a man named Rob Moore, who is the director of supply chain operations for Mossy Oak, which I'm not sure what all that means, but I think it has to do with ordering fabric. I know you and I couldn't right. do it, Bobby. We it sounds make. busy. Yeah. yeah, it does. And at some point, so say hello, Rob. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys. Okay. There you go. So <laughs> at some point, we've been at, you know, a shot show or somewhere sitting around, and we're, we're long tail cats seems to come up it, frequently. It comes up a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been and, talking about it for years. Rob says, well, yeah, I saw one. That's right. And uh, so I, I remember this story a few, few years ago. And uh, so now we've got a chance for you to tell the, tell the story. But before you do, I want to was had you been drinking this day? No. Okay. No. And do you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth? Only the truth. Only the truth. All right. That's well, better than our last guy. Yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> so we want to hear your story. Well, it's a heck of a story. It's a once-in-a-lifetime mm-hmm. opportunity. Uh, I was actually in uh, the Black Belt area of Alabama, close to the Tom Baby River hunting, and I had killed a doe and an eight-point, and it was getting close to dark. And so I pulled the deer up on the road and kind of kicked back, was waiting on four-wheelers to come pick me up after the dark. When I heard something coming down the trail, and I thought, well, here comes another deer. Let's see what it is. Well, lo and behold, it was a a cat. And he, his tail was as long as his body. The body weighed probably about 75 pounds. He was tan. And I just barely moved and brushed a twig, and I mean, he just come to immediate halt. He was probably forty yards from me. That's close. And I mean, I know what I saw. Mm-hmm. I've seen all kind of bobcats. I've seen big bobcats, little yeah. bobcats. Never seen a bobcat with a tail that was three or four foot long. You know, so I know what I saw. And I know a lot of people probably don't believe it. You got to believe it right here, Rob, right but, beside you. <laughs> I know you would, Lenny. Because <laughs> I've been there, you know. I've been there. And, and, I'm, and, and I'm like you. I know what I saw. Yeah. And it, it was a, a beautiful animal. Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty tan. Uh, but what amazed me was how I just barely brushed a tree with my jacket. And it just stopped. And I he, mean, knew right where I was at. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, did you that evening when you got back around the other hunters? Did you the, the I don't know did, was this a hunting club or did, the, did you talk to the other land the other hunters, other landowners? In yeah, there? I was hunting with a private landowner. Told him what happened, and of course, uh, you know how deer camp is, and mm-hmm. they all got a big laugh about it and joked with me and said it was somebody's house cat and. You know, and I, I know what I saw. So I told him, no, that, that isn't what I saw. You know, I was a house cat. I saw a, a cougar. So the next day we deer hunted, went to the local cafe, and the owner, who was still kind of ribbing me a little bit, mm-hmm. there was some adjoining landowners in there. So he just asked them, hey, you haven't seen a long-tailed cat around, have you? And they looked at each other and said, they had the look. Yes. I know that look. They said, uh, well, yeah, we saw 
one close to your property. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, but he didn't tell him the story, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So it, uh, uh, so I, I firmly know what I saw and I kind of backed it up. I had an eyewitness and they still don't believe me. And he had almost the same story I did. <laughs> <laughs> so the other landowners didn't go into any kind of detail about what they. Not really. They they said they saw it during archery season. Mm-hmm. And uh, so is, is this before game cameras and all? Oh that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was in the nineties. Uh, no cameras. You know, no phone cameras. No, no tree cameras uh, to speak of. You know, it would have been nice to had something because. Mm. That's probably when old Grant was still tripwiring film cameras. Yeah. yeah. Not that I don't believe Lanny, but it's okay. the fact that your cat was the natural color of a cougar slash mountain lion slash puma makes it more credible to me. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I've been told over the years that, that they possibly would come up out of Florida following the rivers and the creeks and mm-hmm. – and that's how they end up in South Alabama, like yeah. I can tell you what I saw was not tan, and I I describe it as black, but it was not black. But you you hear that yeah. frequently yeah. the the dark coloration. It, and it the, wasn't black, and I know I, it's almost like I want to say maroonish, but that's not the right describer either. Right. It was just a very deep, you know, deep brown rust kind of uh, look, but not. You know, not white on the chest and, you know, tan looking like a like a mountain lion. Right. So, so, Rob, you're sitting there and this cat comes walking up. Did you, You've been deer hunting. You got a rifle right there. Did you even think about Did you? Did it cross your mind or were, were you were you scared or, you know? Well, it, it all happened so quick because it came right up the same deer trails that the deer that I killed came out of. So I thought it was just another deer just tipping, about to bust out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had my gun propped up on on the tree. And uh, I thought, man, let's see what see what's about to step out now, you know. And, and lo and behold, it's that cat. And where this was at, the landowner, the road was probably 30 yards wide, maybe a little wider than that. Uh, they had the road, and they planted both sides of the road. And so, and I was sitting probably 10 yards off the road, leaned up against the tree, just, you know, mind my own business. Mm-hmm. And then here here comes a long-tailed cat busting out of the woods. Wow. Well, did they, did you ever hear the landowner say later that they ever had any encounters or anything? Never have. They still say, you're crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know how you feel. I, I, I told feel. I told one of them this weekend that that we were going to be discussing this, about it. and they were laughing. They said, "Oh, you ought to get us on there too." Yeah. So we'll tell them the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you had any other encounters? No, that was it. I mean, that was it. And uh, and like I said, I'd always heard that, you know, that they were there, but I, I I've never heard one holler. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about that earlier. You know, I've I haven't seen any tracks that I would have said, "Hey, that's a that's a cougar can, track." Right. You know, and so it, it it was just like out of the blue. Here they are. Here mm-hmm. it is. You know. Well, you know, 
I would expect that after people listen to this podcast, we'll probably have some people that will contact I would us. like, I'd love to hear some other bodies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe we can do this again with yeah. stories of the people that contact mm-hmm. us through Facebook or however right, they get in right. touch with us. And I've heard uh, radio hosts talk a lot about it, mm-hmm. um, you know, that comes on in the morning, like Rick and Bubba. Yeah. Uh, they discuss it a lot. And Bubba believes he saw one. But they say that the Alabama Conservation says they're not there. Yeah. But they keep saying they're black. Well, yeah. You and and they aren't black. Well, I think know. you got and Dudley, you, you're gonna have to confirm. Yeah, I've this. got a little. I've got a story too. Well, go ahead. Uh, I'll ask my question um, after we get done. My friend Brad Lee was in grad school near. Uh, well, he was at Alabama in Tuscaloosa, uh, and lived south of Tuscaloosa. You know, in a shack out in the country. And uh, he actually took a slide photograph of a footprint. I, mm. I, I want to say it was probably late 90s. And actually had a federal warden verify that that was indeed a cougar track. Mm. But at the same time, the warden also said they don't exist here. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. That seems right. to be a pretty consistent uh Storyline, right? That's and, definitely what that was, but they don't they don't exist, right? And and where I was at was due south of Tuscaloosa, okay, mm-hmm. probably about sixty miles. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure the exact location of this, but well, you, isn't, isn't you it know. possible? And you'll be able to validate this. So you got Florida Panthers, you got Panthers in Georgia and Arkansas that are different than a Florida Panther, and then in there a South American. You know, smaller cat too, right? I mean, could it not be that we are seeing it very, different species of you know long tailed cats? In my mind, I'm thinking that you know, from time to time, maybe a, a young male mm-hmm. says, "I'm I'm gonna Roll go out. on an adventure. I'm gonna look for a mate." And they like, like Rob said, they just follow a, a drainage or a river, and then. 300 miles later, they're 300 miles away. Well, I mean, yeah. yours was on the Tom Baby, mine was on the Alabama. Um, you know, so there's a lot of. You know, th- just this week, there was a news story about one getting hit by a car in uh, um, in Minneapolis mm-hmm. in the inside the city mm-hmm. limits. Really? It was a great big one, too. I just can't see, you know, again, Mississippi and Alabama, you got Arkansas, Georgia, Florida, you know, South America, Central America, all right here, you know, what. Why can't they be there? Right. right. <laughs> That's right. I don't. Why not? I don't believe there's breeding populations. Yeah, I, I would. I, I don't just think, think so they're either. coming through. You know, we used to. Have, I had that argument with Chris Alexander uh, for a year, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm not saying there's a, a breeding population, but I'm like Rob, I know what I saw. That's right. There was definitely one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Rob, we appreciate you coming in here. Is there anything else to the story that would lend to your credibility before we totally uh, destroy your credibility? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's been fun. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I love telling the story because I get some funny looks when I do tell it. And then you get people like me like, I, I've been there. <laughs> we need to get together and talk. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. We go, maybe we go look for them. <laughs> yeah, well, good. well, we appreciate you coming down here to the yeah. studio. For Thank sure. you. Thank you, Bobby. All right. Thanks, Rob. We appreciate Thanks, you, Rob. buddy. Thank you. Well, guys, uh, you know, we could go on and on and on. So I want to know, you know, you've been doing a little investigating on this. You, you know, I'm not going to tell the whole audience, what other things you investigate, because I don't want to 
reduce your credibility. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it can't be reduced. <laughs> what What do you think? Do you think Rob saw a long tail cat? You know, I, I want to think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I do think he did. Do you think I saw a long tail cat? Well, you know, I've been down <laughs> in that part of the world, and and it, it's wild and woolly. And if they're anywhere, that's where they are. I think that's a very fair statement because it was, a, to your point, Dudley, where I was, it's real rural. rural yeah. Remote. I mean, I, I have no reason to not believe y'all. You guys are outdoorsmen. You've hunted a million times. You've seen all kinds of different cats. And, you know, Rob's, I think, is the color thing and yeah. being closer mm-hmm. gives him a little more credibility. Yeah. But I th- I think you guys saw big cats. So with all the cameras that are out today and all the yeah. guys sitting in a deer stand with a high-powered rock, it seemed like somebody killed one. You know, I agree. But 90% of the time a camera's facing a feeder or a – you know, cats are slick. Cats are slick. Slick. Yeah. You don't want um, a cat or a shark after you. You don't want big things, you know. <laughs> um, where, you know, and that's a lot of human activity at a feeder or yeah. you know, things like that. So, yeah, I think if there was a lot of random cameras in the woods everywhere, I, I think we would get more photos of them. Hmm. All right, well, guys, well, why don't we move along with this podcast today, and uh, let's do some. Dudley, we've kind of got a surprise for you. We've been working on a little introduction to the Ask Dudley segment. Oh, I'm excited! I hadn't heard this yet either. uh, Oh my goodness! I think think we'll just uh, can we get a drum roll? Yeah, this will this will we'll get this started. I'm scared. the, The new intro to the Ask Dudley segment. Once in a generation, a mind comes along, a mind that understands more than the average person and is more than willing to share his knowledge. From trees to food plots to fertilizer, Dudley Phelps knows so much that he has forgotten more than he remembers. And now he gives you the chance to ask the burning questions in your mind. It's time for Ask Dudley. Wow. That's excellent. That is awesome. Most excellent. Yeah, all the the Cleveland. Go Cleve. I love that. Whose voice is that? That's mine. That is awesome. It's like Thanks, straight Cleve. out of the 1960s. I love it. Yeah, Cleveland, you did a great job with that. Uh, I'm not that Thank smart, you. but it does make me feel better. All right, the first question is uh, from Corey Nath on Instagram. I live in northern Indiana and have sandy ground. I planted persimmons this year and want to get Mexican and Chickasaw plums. What is the best way to plant these trees to ensure they don't die? Do I add bags of black soil fertilizer, put straw in the holes in or around them, and how deep wide do my holes need to be? All right. That is a very good question. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants their trees to grow fast and all that good stuff. So um, I'll, I'll see. We'll, uh, we'll get you a good answer here. Um, so... All of those species will do fine in North Indiana. I double-checked that. Uh, believe it or not, Chickasaw plum, did he say Mexican or Chickasaw plum? Mexican and Chickasaw plum. Okay. Uh, Chickasaw, that you'd think would be more of a southern species, it even it has a disjunct population uh, in the upper peninsula of M- Michigan, which is really interesting. So uh, with with sandy soils, 
you may have to do a little bit more work to get it established. Uh, I doubt you're going to have to dig a big fancy hole because you've got sandy soils that are easily workable. Um, so you're going to want to plant the tree, put some fertilizer around it, maybe some uh, composted manure or something like Osmocote, which is a slow-release fertilizer. Um, a lot of people in sandy areas are using weed mats, and it's non-porous. So if you, it's like mulch. So you could mulch your tree with pine straw or bark or something like that. But if you use these weed mats, it doesn't allow moisture to escape. So you can place it on top of the ground when you're done planting the tree around your tree tube. And when moisture tries to come out of the ground, it'll get trapped underneath that weed mat and it'll go right to your roots. And so that'll help a lot. Uh, we're actually hoping to carry some of those things in the future. They, they work really well. You can either get, uh, usually either get woven ones or it's kind of like plastic bag material. It's really thick. So give that a shot. Uh, you don't want to put any potting soil or anything like that mixed in. Uh, that can cause uh, weird growing conditions, uh, like it'll make it too wet in the winter, and then your surrounding soil can suck all the moisture out of it in the summertime. So just use what you've got. That tree's going to have to be there the rest of its life. So just putting some slightly better dirt right around it when you plant uh, is not really going to help you long term, and it may hurt you short term. So, all right. The second question is also from Instagram. Wit Wade asks, "What really happened to chestnut trees, and can you bring them back?" I feel like you could. <laughs> uh, Wit's actually a buddy of mine. He's a professor at Mississippi State, um, and if any students are listening to this. I highly recommend taking one of his classes. You'll you'll learn way more than what the actual subject material is. He's just a fun guy. Um, Wit, good question. The the American chestnut uh, in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, uh, disease was discovered in New York, and it quickly spread. Uh, so basically, from Maine to Alabama, a little bit of Mississippi. Just about every American chestnut tree just died. Uh, but they died of the ground because the disease can't get to the roots. Um, and so, you know, most forests in the U.S. from Mississippi to Maine were covered in chestnuts, maybe even like a third of the population of trees in some areas. Um, it's, an estimated, it's estimated that four billion of them died to the ground. Uh, they grow really fast. It's rot-resistant wood. Uh, it can outcompete just about any tree out there. So it's it uh, you know lives a long time, but uh, it just stinks that we've lost them. But there's some folks that are trying to bring it back, like the American Chestnut Foundation. Um, they're making great strides. They originally started out trying to cross the American Chestnut with Chinese chestnuts because they can tolerate the blight. And then uh, they would progressively breed them to where there's less and less Chinese physical traits, where you know it doesn't look like a Chinese chestnut. Um, and the only trait that they were going to leave is that blight tolerance. Mm. 
So it, you know, it looks just like an American chestnut. Uh, 15 sixteenths of the genetics are American. Uh, but that failed because uh, there's a, a root rot called uh, Phytophthora cinnamonia or something like that. It's hard to pronounce. Cinnamon root rot, also called ink rot disease, was getting all the roots of them. So now they you know, kind of had to backpedal. Um, nowadays, there's three things they're doing. They're using that selective breeding with the Chinese. Uh, they're using biotechnology, which is, um, it's like they get a gene out of wheat hmm. and put that in the plant. You know, they put it in its DNA. And somehow that enhances their ability to tolerate the disease. And they're also doing what's called hypovirulence, which is a biocontrol. So they're basically trying to infect the chestnut blight with another virus to make it less prolific. So, wit. I hope that answers your question. So the 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 forests back in the day were predominantly chestnut forests. So it was a chestnut oak pine mix, or uh, well, you know, think of Appalachian hardwoods. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of what you know, oak hickory type stuff. Uh, but but they can compete but, with poplars and all kinds of. They grow fast. Yeah, hmm. and then the cabin, you know, the cabin, what we call the right place. Is made out of chestnut logs, mm-hmm. which is where uh, Mr. Fox's grandfather, is that right? Or, yeah, was born. And those were big logs. Big too. logs. Yeah. And then I even seems like I remember, like, uh, even towards um, Houston and McCundy and Chickasaw County, they were like uh, Northeast Mississippi. Yeah, sh- like handle, they made shovel handles, like these had these big mills. I get, were they using chestnut, you think? Uh, I would think hickory. Maybe but hickory then. Okay. They could could have been. But the landscape. You just don't see it anymore. I, I just I would, I'd love to like flip a, be able to look 100 years back at the bottom mm. and see what it looked like. You know really? I, mean? I would too. You know. Yeah, I'd, Maybe I'd 200 love, years yeah. back. I'd love to see how the Indians were living. Oh, yeah. If mm-hmm. you could play a little film. Man, you know those big old bottoms. Of the, God, I, I don't know if you guys have ever eaten a chestnut or a chinkapin. Yeah. They're closely related, but they're really good to eat. Yeah. So maybe we need to eat some on a uh, do some gamekeeper cooking. Yeah, we need to do it up. You know, as crazy as this sounds, but if you're ever in New York City around Christmas, they sell there at street corners are people selling chestnuts, roasted chestnuts on an open fire. Uh, I don't know where they, but, <laughs> but they're they're like Dudley said, they're delicious. I've eaten a few chestnuts; they are really good. Mm-hmm. And we saw some some chestnut uh, recipes are popping up too. They make chestnut flour. Um, all kind of good stuff. So that original blight that killed them, is it gone? No, it's it's in the air. It uh, it can't get over the Rockies. Huh. Um, so there's there's American chestnuts on the other side of the Rockies, but that's not where that's not where they are, came from. Somebody planted those. Wow. But yeah. What a cool story. It's just a shame to think that the the landscape changed that much because of a blight. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's people that think that, you know, it it could be responsible for the passenger pigeons going extinct. Um, Mm. I mean, it was an amazing resource that was there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And And all these critters get used to having them and then it goes away. And how long would you estimate it took once the blight 
got here to wipe them all out? Are we talking about a couple of years or, um, or a decade? Or? I want to say it was like 1890s and then into the 30s and 40s when the, you know, the last ones, you know, way down south. Got it. Got it. So are, are there any that like were miraculously saved somehow? Is there some pocket of them somewhere? <laughs> Um, With a long-tailed cat living, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's some twenty-inch chestnuts that that tolerate it, huh? Uh, and so, you know, they're using those to to breed, to breed more. With. And there, there was it the American Chestnut Society. Uh, yes, the American Chestnut Foundation. Foundation. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Dudley, we enjoyed that. I love your intro. Yeah, um, Will Primos called me the other day and talked about it. He's he's very fascinated with it. And, with the chestnut uh, he, story, he's, he's probably more knowledgeable about it than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he gave me a number to somebody to call, and I'm I'm going to try and learn more and uh, and share that with everybody. Wonder, awesome, wonder. it's a great wildlife tree. I mean, shoot, we sell a lot of the. So the one we sell is a hybrid. Yeah. I I refer to ours more like a commercial chestnut. Mm-hmm. You know, they they grow really wide. They don't grow tall. They've got big nuts. Um, they fall at the proper time. You know, they fall at a good time to harvest them. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So well, I, I know we got an email last week of a guy. I think his were three and a half, four and a half, four years old that he had put in the ground, and they. He was. I had handfuls of chestnuts. So my record, I I planted one back behind the dog kennels a few years ago, and it was a you know, fifteen inch tall seedling. Yeah, it grew to nine foot eight inches in one growing season, and it had, it had two nuts on it the next year. In it, it, one it year actually, growing time. Yeah, it actually produced a crop in its second growing season. Wow, that is incredible. Well, <laughs> that's so much to digest and mentally uh, from today's discussion. Yeah. Hmm. I can't wait to talk about it some more. I bet. So let's encourage people, if, if you're still listening and you've got a long-tailed cat story, can they uh, can they email it to Dudley? I think they can What's DM us and direct message us on our socials. It would probably be the best way at the gamekeepers. Isn't that okay. the best way? Okay. Dudley's more of a social butterfly than I am. Yeah. Yeah, so send your stories, and uh, we'll, we're going to do another long-tailed cat. Got some more uh, guests lined up. Yeah, we have some more guests. This is a subject that kind of interests us, and uh, you know we're not going to beat it to death, but we'll, we'll, we'll at least do another one. And yeah. if you've got a good story, we'll get you on the on the phone or in the studio if you're uh, you know close enough to drive. So yeah, don't forget to give us a like, review, rate us. You know. Do all that stuff you're supposed to. Bob, yeah. You forgot to plug that. Yeah, I sure did. I sure did. So, um, Dudley, you got anything else? No. Everything sounded good today. Producer Cleveland, you got anything? Yeah, you thumbs up. Lanny, you're leaving tonight or tomorrow for an elk hunt? I am leaving early in the morning, hopefully. And the I, gamekeeper garage <laughs> is buzzing out there. Well, I've been hearing all kind of fussing. I've even been blamed for well, you know exactly late what's going on. I really think you're just a little jealous that I'm getting to go elk hunting in New Mexico two years in a row. Well, yeah, so you're well, like putting roadblocks up for me getting my gear ready. I, I wouldn't say roadblock. You know, yeah, maybe I am a little jealous. <laughs> uh, you know, two years in a row to go on a once in a lifetime yeah. hunt. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I'm not jealous. I ate free elk for lunch today. So, boom. 
Yeah. So are you already making plans for next year? Uh, I'm I'm really looking at this one as it's this is be my last elk hunt, honestly. I mean, because you know I want to. I'm obviously going to continue to put in, uh, but I think you know I just don't see me getting that lucky. And I want, of course, want to take you know Hayden. So. I'm gonna start focusing on trying to get him. Oh tag. man! If he kills an elk, oh, he, he is gonna be hard to live with. He's already hard enough to live with. It's gonna be really bad. So I think that's my, you know, again, got real fortunate last year, and and hopefully, you know, things work out this year. You don't ever know. But uh, what, what unit are you going to? Just kidding. Yeah. Lanny's got a uh, a little boy. He's got two little boys, but one named Hayden that killed a turkey last year, and we we just finished proofing the gamekeeper episode today yeah. and he his eyes are so wide and he is so excited about yeah. killing that turkey that was actually two years three years ago. is that right more yeah, time flies time. yeah, yeah that, but that you, that's gonna when he watches himself on television with like that he's gonna oh, enjoy man. that mm. yeah he will well i hope y'all have a lot of you know a lot of fun. Key you a big elk. Man, you know I'm going to stay in We're going to stay here and work. The rest of us, we're going to we hold the office that. down <laughs> and try to get things shipped out and the doors open and answer the phone calls. And y'all go have fun. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, I'll be thinking about you while I'm out there. I'm, I'm sure you will. And I hope the air conditioner. But in October, you shouldn't need air conditioning in your truck. You know, air conditioning is not really – it doesn't bother me. It's well, only for the people riding with me. Yeah, you, know? you, you drove home without it last year. Yeah, I went year. out there and back without it last year. It actually – lasted like uh 15 16 miles last time <laughs> i remember seeing a picture i think neil texted it back yeah. at him and it looked like he was sweating oh off. look once we we came back through texas it was kind of gets kind of hot on the interstate you know so yeah we uh yeah we kind of bow up and get through it well y'all be careful out there and i hope you kill a big one i and, appreciate it and folks we are as we sit here it's wednesday and we're watching the Weather Channel and Hurricane mm-hmm. Delta is bearing down. It's in the Gulf of Mexico. So by the time everybody listens to this, it will have landed somewhere, and we sure hope it, 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 nobody's yeah, we hope in harm's way. Safe, so. yeah. Thinking about my buddy Cal Bennett and Lake Charles. Did, and just his, got hit. Yeah, yeah, they just got hit. Yeah, and just got hit. It looks like it's headed that way, too. Hmm. Is it a Cat 3, Cat 4 now? I know it's – I think it's a Cat 3. So anyway, all right. Well, look, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. If you don't mind and you like the show, uh, tell your fr- please tell your friends and give us a rating and come back next week. We'll try to have another episode. So, Thanks, guys. Lanny, appreciate y'all. Get us out of here, Cleve. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.